A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. Hey, all right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe I'm here. Here we are, in the flesh, safely socially distant in the same room, <laughs> recording the 1,000th overall broadcast of Force Center, a, a journey that began in October of 2015. Is still going and still going strong. Joseph, this is pretty special. This is great. Uh, I feel like we are safely socially distant, but I feel emotionally close to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you feel the same. This is so wonderful. We, we have had such a fun journey with uh, Force Center kind of really starting right before The Force Awakens came out and yeah. going through this whole thing. Uh, and then I think probably people listening to this thousandth episode have a really interesting relationship to it because some of those people have been with us since the beginning. And then we get these new listeners who uh, 
are in awe of you, Jennifer, <laughs> in, in a different way than our old listeners. Because our old listeners are like, we miss Jennifer. And sometimes we get contacted by newer listeners who are like, who is this Jennifer <laughs> that is always whispered of? <laughs> in lore. Uh, in force and lore. Lurking like a force ghost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, so anybody who isn't caught up, uh, the three of us really started this together, yeah. did it together for years. Uh, Jennifer, you went off to have uh, a second Padawan, mm-hmm. and then uh, the times happened. The strange times <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And you've had your hands full. Yeah. A lot of Zoom yeah. school. A lot of Zoom school, a lot, a lot of, of getting school. through it. Yes. Yeah, yes. two uh, two wonderful Padawans now, uh, full life, and and always been part of the family, always part of the team, and always will be. Uh, you know, if you haven't, like Joseph's so right. So many people have come on board: Rise of Skywalker, Mandalorian, uh, Mad Batch. Now, and if you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to the Happy Beeps episodes, please do, or even the Jedi Beat episodes early on. You'll get uh, you'll get a good feel of what Jennifer brings to this team still. A lot of weirdness. That's what, <laughs> that's what I bring. I am so happy to be here with you guys, live, in person. It just it feels like coming home, you know, uh, and to be able to talk Star Wars with two people I deeply care about, I admire, I'm inspired Aww. by. This is just, oh, it's a treat. A Yay. treat. It's a nice treat. That's it's a very nice treat. Yeah, it's so great. It's, it's so, it feels like I think many people are experiencing this where it feels very weird to be back to normal, but also it feels like kind of nothing has changed. It was mm-hmm. a similar drive for me. It's like, <laughs> have right. I time traveled by going from the LA Basin to the LA Valley to talk <laughs> Star Wars with Ken and Jennifer, this is just the way it is. Uh, so let's get into it because yeah. we have we have limited uh, time for this recording on mm-hmm. our thousandth, thousandth episode. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about the the journey and kind of how we've uh, changed from talking about Force Center. Jennifer, we're going to ask you some specific questions because we would love to get your insights and updates. Uh, and then we're going to close with some fun, weird questions. Excellent. Excellent. So let's dive in. Uh, Ken, I want to start with you. Yep. Uh, how do you feel like your view of Star Wars has evolved over 1,000 episodes? Wow. Yeah, you could chart my growth. Uh, I uh, I definitely have grown. I've definitely matured, but also I think even str- in, in a stronger way, reconnecting to what made me love Star Wars at seven. Uh, so the emotional stuff, the spiritual stuff, and the cool sound effects stuff, <laughs> it was always there. But I think as as we've moved along and found new ways to get into Star Wars and take apart Star Wars and and analyze it and celebrate it, uh, I I think my my view of what it means to me. Is uh, is bigger and broader, but also very intimate and, and detailed, uh, and just uh, specific heartstrings. <laughs> I'm trying to speak like a poet, but really, what I'm saying is, um, I came into this being, yeah, it's something I love, something I talk about. Uh, you know, we can make some jokes about it and this and that, but I, I didn't just stay on the surface with it. I just, uh, it's, I, I, I was, I, I could stay on the surface of it. Yeah, and now I don't think I want to anymore. And with Four Center we kind of purposely dig in a little bit. And so it pulled me in even deeper. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. Big, deep intimacy (laughs) is a good thing to want out of Star Wars. I think I feel uh, very similar. I I love so many things about Star Wars and there was a lot of things that I just really loved on the surface because they're fun and weird. Uh, And certain moments that really the depth of them spoke to me. But I think having all these times, all this conversation, getting different perspectives from you two, getting different perspectives from uh, listeners, I think made me really sort of drill down into what I really appreciated about Star Wars and, mm. and try to understand it better. And, and I think it's really, I've been describing it this way, 
Star Wars has all these great tensions between different dualities. But to me, the one that's really been uh, increased my enjoyment of is this tension between the absurd and the profound. And the way it is, like, George Lucas wanted to make a fun adventure serial because he liked those when he was a kid. But then he also wanted them to be baked with, like, these big, meaningful ideas about destiny and fate and choices and found family and on and on and on and all, all the big themes that we can talk about. But then really talking about those things uh, has in re- studying them has made me appreciate them even more. Like I've gotten so much more about out of the depth I've gotten mm. like so much life help out of like, well, we just talked about this Jedi philosophy and really, you know, dove into, did the Jedi make the right choice in this instance? And then because we were talking about that this week, it helped me with the problem I was facing mm. Yeah, and said, ah, oh, I could try to handle it that way. And it, and it helped me. And that's the kind of the profound side. And then on the absurd side, <laughs> it's really made me balance out too of like, we dig deep. So that means I also wanted to like take the time to just go like, yeah, but the blasters sound cool too. <laughs> and Boba Fett has knee darts and that's awesome. And that's a joy of its own. And Jennifer in particular, not, not that you don't go deep, but you have such a great perspective of enjoying the joy of the cute and the weird and mm. the aesthetic and bringing Star Wars into your life, your life in a way that is aesthetic of mm. crafting, and uh, <laughs> not not in any way am, am I saying like that's your only way, but the the joy that you brought to that made me go like, oh yeah, it doesn't all have to be about what's the big idea, what's my opinion. It can just be surrounding yourself with joy, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and I really appreciate how much you highlighted that for me. Thank you. I mean, for me, I was I was kind of like you can as a, as a kid. Mm. I love Star Wars, but part of it was knowing a lot. It was proving my worth as a fan. You know, I wanted to know all the character names and the species and just kind of rattle it off. And of course, I like the stories, uh, uh, of course, and the characters. I don't want to say it was surface level, but it was it was a part of my identity in a way that was like, uh, because I felt like I was an outsider. It was like, this was my thing, right? Mm. Mm. And because of that, I think I experienced the prequels initially, like, this is not my Star Wars. And what what you all have truly helped me understand is finding the joy in things that I may not understand initially. (laughs) Mm. I had never even thought that potentially that the Jedi Council were wrong and that they in some ways failed Anakin. That thought had never crossed my mind. I just was like, I don't like the way this story is being told (laughs) because it's not the way that I had experienced Star Wars with the original trilogy. Diving deeper, crawling into that nerd bubble, as you guys say, it really helped me gain a new appreciation for these stories, discovering new details, and not just memorizing character names or right. you know what the Tauntaun uh, biology is as a child. <laughs> you memorize the Tauntaun <laughs> biology? Oh, yeah, yeah. Years well, that's, ago. And that's valuable. That's valuable. <laughs> yeah. You that have to know valuable. that their guts are made of wet rice, right? I mean, <laughs> right, right. And so you know that that I'm just so grateful for that. And then of course expressing it in these in these arts and crafts. These, Way, I guess that's another part of it. I can be wrong. It's okay. I can <laughs> I can make things that are not canon. It's all right. It's just about celebrating it and having fun with it. That's great. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. No. I, I just is so right about um, the cute is very important in Star Wars, and, and just your simple love of the Ewoks <laughs> is something that transcended uh, into my Star Wars fandom. I, I was never campaigning against them. 
In fact, I loved him. Jedi is the first one I saw in the theater. Loved him. That guy's wise, as I, I, so, I talk about it all the time. It's my favorite Star Wars line, almost, in a way. It's probably said that more in my life than any other line. Um, but I didn't appreciate them on a, on a level. And I think, uh, especially now since... Uh, uh, as you got out of the regular fold of a weekly broadcast with us, I, I'm the one who spends more time wondering about Chirpa and his <laughs> life and, and Logre, and, and 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 I definitely uh, tie that tie that back to just your love of uh, of, of Jabba and the Ewoks and 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 the and the creatures uh, that you found yourself in. Oh, you know, yeah, love it. I would not have been so incredibly excited to watch the Ewoks cartoon on Disney Plus oh, if it were not yeah. for you. Right? <laughs> right. Just fascinating, weird stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, I, 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 there's so much weirdness. Uh, that so first episode weird. where they have a game that's throwing uh, nuts, right? Oh, it's climb I, to the tree and hit each other with nuts. Oh my gosh, there's just so much weird. <laughs> we we can do a whole episode on that. Yeah. We probably will at some point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But right now, I want to move on to. We're looking back uh, not just on our relationship with Star Wars, but our relationship with doing this podcast mm. together. Do you have uh, Jennifer? I want to start with you. Do you have like one specific concrete memory of? actually recording a specific episode or like when you kind of think of like the memory of all those episodes, is there anything that floats to mind? I always loved when we would reconvene after watching a movie that had just come mm. out or Rogue One or The Last Jedi, which was very, whoo, everyone had a lot of thoughts about that, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Just a solo even yeah. coming together and being able just to nerd out, dissect. I had mm. my page of notes. You guys had things <laughs> that you had seen that I had missed. It was just, it was like this to <laughs> me is what being a fan is all about. It was mm. like a childhood dream and those moments and, and you all uh, listening to this wherever you are, car, home, work, and knowing that we're all in this experience together was so, so special. And it made Four, Central, Four Center such a special community for me. And something that I've I've missed now that I'm I'm home alone with my children. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to experience it through the joy of your children. Ugh. All Ugh. right, yeah, Ugh. yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. That that is one of the strong ones of when there's like not just like let's break down the big ideas. Did you like it or not? But like some specific hot button issue. Like I really mm. remember. Uh, getting ready for Rogue One and going, what is everybody going to think about Tarkin's face? Oh Can't yeah. wait to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a strong one for me. I think another like just very specific, concrete one. It's kind of a dual one. Is very early recording when we were talking about Solo, long before we knew anything about it. And yeah, Jennifer, you were you were really not sure, which is totally <laughs> yeah. totally fine. You that's were a great, question, great voice yeah. for a lot of fans who were like, why do we need this? Why do we want this? All that stuff. And then uh, Ken had seen it, but then we all ended up at the at a screening together at the ArcLight Hollywood. Yeah, uh, and it was a joyful experience. I had some great bonding moments with Ken because he knew that Lulito Primark was going to be everything I wanted <laughs> to be. And we exchanged it. We exchanged a little glance when Darth Maul came on and had a nod of like, "Yep, that works." So I had a moment with Ken, and then you were in a different theater downstairs. Right. And I remember right. coming down the stairs and like looking for you in like the ultimate test. The years had passed since that first. That early podcast, we're like, eh, I don't need solo. Like, is she still going to feel that way? Because that's totally valid, and I'll be really interested to hear why. And then I just saw the look on your face that you're like, ah, oh, she liked it. It was great, and we all ran uh, together and hugged. And it was like, that's a real moment that stands out in my mind. It was. It, that's like the reverse Jabba's moment where they're all being taken out to the, uh, the sail barge, where it's like that's the last mistake we'll ever make. It was like we came together. We're like, that's the first movie we'll ever need. Like, I don't know the line, but you know, it just had the reverse joy of being. Yeah, it was like, how are we doing? Same as always. That good. Yeah, good. Because yeah. it was a crowded uh, ArcLight uh, Cinema's R.I.P. ArcLight. Uh, um, 
Yeah, that's a great memory. Yeah, that's, that's a, a really memory. strong one for me. How about you, Ken? What, what's a memory uh, you know, for you? Yeah, for me, it, we all we all came to, to Ford Center from a lot of wonderful different things. Uh, long careers, acting, uh, theater, and, and comedy and whatnot. But uh, Ford Center... Something when we started in 2015, uh, I I felt that, and I still sometimes feel, if I'm being honest, that if I always see things in terms of a rock band, we've all been part of maybe more successful, famous rock bands, but <laughs> Four Center is the one that I love playing the music the most with. And one of the first moments that I felt we got recognized, or, or not recognized just by fans, but we were at a we got a, we had a panel at like LA Comic Con. Yeah, and we all three were there, and 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 uh, I think Ellis might have Mark Ellis might have been a guest, and yeah. we'd done some of those before, to be clear. But that there was one particular. One where I just felt like people are here for Force Center. They're not coming to see the Dump Jedi Council guy, me. They're not coming to, you know, because <laughs> they saw, saw, saw someone else there. They're coming because of Force Center. And that was, I, I remember driving home going, yeah, this is this is us. This is a thing. And 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 we went to the solo, just when I went to the solo Denny's event at El Capitan, which is, <laughs> uh, Joseph does a wonderful uh, uh, nice. stand-up uh, bit about it and everything. But I still have uh, that press, Four Center Podcast press uh, lanyard because it was the first time we had been recognized as a podcast to go to a press event. Yeah. And all the screenings we get, get to go to. And it's been a hard fight not to go behind the curtain to get you two on a press list that I happened to be on because I worked at another company. We couldn't get you on. And it was right. frustrating. And frustrating. So that's led to you and I having a great moment with Rise of where I'm bawling and Joseph puts his hand on my shoulder behind me. And, <laughs> but it was that first, uh, that uh, that one LA Com- Comic-Con panel where I was like, yeah, this band, our little jazz notes are being appreciated. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a live recording of Star Wars Counseling. Ellis yes. was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. There was, it was, it was really, really full. Yeah. yeah, those those yeah those uh, panels can be spotty, and I think some of it was definitely Force Center and people recognizing us, uh, but also some of it was people really want Star Wars counseling. <laughs> yes, yes, there was a lot yes. of grievances, yeah. but yes. there were a couple of fans who came up and was like, "I would like a photo of the three of you." Yeah, mm. and that was really really nice, mm-hmm. you know, and, and did give that like rock band feel. Yeah, I, I still say it. It's, it's. I mean, now it's like it is the only place I regularly talk Star Wars. But like, you know, we've all been on other shows or YouTube channels, and we have our own things. We always will be doing. And uh, anyways, yeah, it, it's fun for. I don't want to speak for YouTube, but it's just fun when it's. It's kind of like, yeah, we. I bought the Four Center album. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, and I also want to say thank you to YouTube because I was always very scared to share my opinion, just in general about things. As a you know, another podcast episode about people pleasing, but basically. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes along to, you know, I wanted to always be right. I wanted yeah. to make sure that I got all my names right and all the characters, whatever. You guys were like, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. You're not going to jump on me and be like, ah, no, that's a Chatter fan. It's not a Chatter fan. <laughs> right? So it, it created a very safe space for me to be able to just be myself, just talk about Star Wars. You guys encouraged me to do Jedi beat, happy beeps. I would have never done that on my own. I would have been too scared, but you guys are always so encouraging and supportive and it really helped me blossom as not just like host quote unquote, mm. but as a, as a person to feel oh, comfortable nice. sharing and that my, that my voice was worthy. Mm. And that was, I'm so, so grateful. Even my husband's like, wow, yeah, the four center guys, it really helped you. <laughs> 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 like, yes, maybe, maybe I did get some Star Wars counseling for myself along the way. That's great. No, I, look, I've always said, I, I wish, um, I knew, uh, fans like you, meaning, you know, specifically young girls growing up in the eighties existed. I just didn't, was told they didn't. I wish I knew 
You were out there. All of there. all of you were out there. It would have been a, a better decade. Yeah, my little Ewok. Yes. Better decade for everybody. And uh, speaking of, of better, uh, I, I did want to acknowledge a part of what has kept us uh, uh, apart is obviously the strange and the difficult times. This is the first time Ken and I have been in mm-hmm. a room together recording, in, you know, yeah. However, time has no meaning. Uh, so yep. what I wanted to ask is just how did Star Wars, any idea in Star Wars, help you through these really difficult, strange times? And I would say that we're still in difficult, strange times. So any current helping, yeah. <laughs> this is not entirely a rearview mirror thing. Right. Uh, but Ken, how mm. did how did any Star Wars philosophy kind of help you make it? Through the weird times, I don't know if it's a specific philosophy on a bumper sticker, but going to the Qui Gon, um, going to his knees and waiting, uh, Yoda out in a desert or out in Dagobah, Kenobi in a desert. There's something about Jedi's ability to wait <laughs> and to just quietly go within yourself and use that time wisely. Uh, that has been. It is weird to say in this, these last few years, and you know, I've had friends that have lost people and businesses, and we've all suffered in our own ways. So it's been a bad time. But I've also had some great breakthroughs and personal successes in the last year, not just in terms of career stuff, but just like emotional changes and maturities and stuff. And a lot of it came because it's just like, well, we're here, <laughs> you know. And and while we're also worried about the world and uh, people around us and and empathy, which is important to Star Wars as well and helping others, there was something of just like I'm gonna metaphorically drop to my knees <laughs> and concentrate on what I am and who I am in this moment and feel myself in this moment. And I really did try to do that. You know, you don't always succeed. I think that's just great you philosophy know? of like when you're going through a difficult time, just wait for the laser gate to open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then try not to get killed by Darth Maul. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's always yeah. got a little bit of a darkness uh, lingering there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, I think for me, there's just so much in Star Wars that's very helpful of just for me, the way to approach big, problems in the world that strong idea throughout star wars but really in phantom menace of we're all connected and when you're helping other people you are helping you're actually helping yourself and that we're that's so much of the the symbiont circle idea um so much in star wars that is about focusing on what you can control and accepting what you can't and i think everything you're talking about ken so flows from that of just like patience um and, and having to focus on being proactive about what you can do, but accepting that there's some things that are just going to change and you have to accept it and you have to find a way to move forward and not just be stuck or right. not be fixated like Anakin was on, uh, how can how could have I fixed it? Right. How can I make sure a bad thing never happens? Like, well, bad things happen and we have to, you know, address them and accept them, yeah. right? Uh, so all that. Uh, but then also, like, almost a little bit more on both both profound and absurd part of it, Honestly, just being able to truly be in exile <laughs> like a Jedi. Yeah, yeah. And for me, like yeah. I have since uh, shaved and cut my hair, but just going like going full Jedi on my head <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> of like having that external like I kind of want to just let the hair go and, and have the beard come in partially just because like, yeah, don't. But the other option is let my wife go crazy and see what happens with her hair. <laughs> uh, but it was just really a way to sort of externalize that we're going through something different. Yeah. And then for me, it was so much fun to just be like, wow, I look like I look like my heroes in exile. 
<laughs> that he was really just did. that was just physically fun, and people were very nice about it. Of like, yeah, I, absolutely. Look, like you made a big mistake as a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I'm still a biggest fan of that look you had. I, I love it. In fact, what, what, uh, the, the Force Center 1000th commemorative poster. We we had a discussion about what you wanted to be captured uh, on in, yeah. in, in, in permanent uh, memory, <laughs> and we went with your Jedi look. Went and Jedi and look. I love it. I'm such a fan of it. Yeah, yeah, and it, it will come back. I'm sure I will have at least some personal reason <sighs> to go into it. <laughs> but for you, Jennifer, what helped? What about Star Wars helped you? I mean, I think about you know, we we are all connected. Boy, we learned that real <laughs> a right. lot last year, right? Uh, yeah. The choices that we make can affect other people. The importance of coming together for the greater good. Um, but I think also what was interesting is that I I was forced, literally forced, to step away from Star Wars in some mm. sense. I could not watch the films get sucked into the news or the, the minutia of it. I could not. Mm. And it was kind of, it was upsetting for me because that's my thing. Mm. But I had to help my kids who were also having their own difficult time, having their community ripped away from them. Right. Um, so I, I had to put that on hold. What I discovered is it's okay. It was all right. There was part of me that was like afraid. I was like losing myself. Mm. It's like, no, this is just this is just temporary. And the teachings would come out when I would try and help my eldest who's like really angry. Mm. I can't see my friends. I can't go to school. I was like, quiet your mind. <laughs> uh, I even showed her the scene with Darth Maul because she has not watched um she hasn't watched the prequels yet. I was like, look, this is what happens when you get too angry. <laughs> she was a little uh, traumatized. <laughs> that. Like, this is bad choices. Do you see that? You don't want to make bad choices. Uh, but it actually it really did help. You used Darth Maul as like a motivational poster? Like, I did. Mr. Bad Choices, Darth Maul. Yeah, and I was like, well, but then don't worry. He comes back, and it's a long story. Do you want spider like, legs? Because yeah. this is how you get spider legs. You'll get spider uh, Yeah, and then she was fascinated with like going to cons because she saw, found some of my old videos from Celebration and oh, Comic-Con. Wow. Mm. And it was like something oh, wow. for her to look forward to. Oh, people like to dress up in these costumes. Like I like to dress up in costumes and they can express their fandoms in these ways. So it was a fun way to connect. So Star Wars seeped in through the dark times. Yeah. In a happy way. Well, that's also a great, uh, I think, uh, a lesson that we all need as Star Wars fans that you don't have to keep up with everything. Like mm -hmm. we can be a community and we can be connected and we can be excited to talk about the newest thing. But also we all have our personal relationships with Star Wars mm -hmm. and you, you don't need to be caught up to say it means this to me. Right. You know, even if I haven't watched anything in 10 years, it still means this to me. Right. I think it's a powerful lesson in this wonderful explosion of of comics and books. And we feel, we, you know, Joseph, you and I kind of feel, but the comics were like, oh, man, we're in a we're in the deep end of the pool. Yeah. And uh, that's OK. It's okay. just fine. You can't keep up with everything necessarily. Uh, but we do want to catch up with you, Jennifer. So we got yeah. some specific questions for you. Uh, you talked about this a little bit. How has how being a, a parent of two changing your view of, of Star Wars? Like you, you were talking a little bit about how you are using Star Wars to help teach your kids. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but are, are you seeing Star Wars in any different way? seeing it through their eyes as you introduce them to it? Yeah. I mean, George was right. Jar Jar is the key to all this. My <laughs> daughter loves Jar Jar Binks, my eldest. It really was a way, because I mean, I've shown her a new hope and she likes it and she loves Leia. She's interested in the Ewoks, but there's something about the comedic timing of Jar Jar that just sent her 
over. She was into it. And then she was like mimicking uh, Jar Jar's walk and the way he talks. And she just loved it. And I was like, all right, George, I see you. I, I, I get it now. I, I did not get it as a, as a, a youngster, but now I get it. Um, and just, I just am so happy that there's so much more content coming from them that, uh, well, I'll talk about it in a minute, about the, um, what is it? Star Wars visions. Yeah. yeah. Things like that, that I'm going to be able to enjoy with them. Um, of course, choosing your destiny, following the right path. I'm always talking about that and using the specific examples as a Darth Maul or Darth Vader, uh, Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, so it's it's been... But, you know, I also have had to accept that my eldest is not into Star Wars as much anymore, and that is hard. Oh, really? I'm having to let go. It's okay if she's not embracing it like she used to. She's into Monster High. She's into Pokemon. She's into Minecraft. And I'm like, oh my God, what about Star Wars? Look, remember you used to really be into Java? And she's like, mom, she, you know what she came to me the other day? Mom, why are you so into Star Wars? Oh, oh my God. I, I mean, talk about lightsaber through the gut. I was just like, uh, what? You know, this is, your sister's God. named after Leia. Like, I mean, come on. But I was just okay. She just is wondering why I was dressed up as this crazy character with a bag over my head. I mean, I get it. <laughs> so it, it's all right. I'm learning to let go. Is she too young for this to be uh, rebelling? Is she rebelling? Is Star Wars the, she, the constant? She's, no, she's rebelling. I think she is. It, it, you know, they grow up so fast. She's going to be in first grade. Oh, wow. And she already is like, Mom, no, I can do it myself. Mom, I know. I'm like, what? What is this going to be when you're 13? Oh, my gosh. So, Saying right. I know and not even quoting Star Wars when she does it. I, Come on. Tell me about it, right? But it, it's in her DNA. It yeah. comes out in little ways. I'm like, mm, see, that's Star Wars. That's Star Wars. Just know that. Mom, I'm Mom. a Babylon 5 fan now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love Stargate. Oh, gosh. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's, wow. That's, I mean, you've, look, you've, you've done everything right. You've done I everything tried, right. But, tried, but you tried. said those powerful words. Let, let go. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. And is your two-year-old, uh, what is that relationship like? Obviously, that's uh, young. Yeah. But she loves she loves uh, Darth Vader's Little Princess books, Jeffrey Brown. Oh, she's obsessed with it. Right. Both of my girls were. Um, all those books, Good Night, Darth Vader. Again, she also likes Jar Jar Binks when he gets a bonk on the head. <laughs> all these things. <laughs> she loves my action figures. She's always picking them up and like saying weird names and that are incorrect, and I'm just like, no, it's not their name. But yeah, so she has fun with it too. Okay, well, I'm just gonna, I'll teach her. Don't don't worry. Don't, I'm not. Don't worry. Don't worry. When he gets a bonk on his head, is my new favorite <laughs> term of phrase. Uh, so I wanted to ask you also about uh, Mando season two in general because uh, that that was such a big explosion of, yeah. of Star Wars opinions. We we got a little bit. We we, we reached out to you for uh, some some insights. Yes. You sent us a nice uh, audio thing. Yeah. But that's there's right, so many big right. things that between uh, frog lady perhaps the most important part of mando season two in some ways uh but the return of luke skywalker which continues to be a discussion ahsoka on, on live action so we wanted to be sure to get your thoughts you know i was thinking about this i was like what what, what was my reaction and i think it was challenging because of when it was released mm. and i think that my mindset was not so great i think if i were to revisit it now i would be in a better place emotionally and yeah. like you know, <laughs> physically and stuff so i'd like to go back i had a lot of thoughts about the frog lady i'm actually curious to hear this in person like what do you guys think because my, I really struggled with the frog lady 
I loved the frog lady. I squealed when I saw her. I was like, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. love this. Is why I love the Mandalorian. They take it back, the characters, the creatures. And then they set it up that these eggs are so precious to her, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm connected with her. I'm emotionally connected to her storyline. And then Grogu goes and eats them. And it becomes a running gag. And I just felt like it minim it well, first of all, it just was kind of upsetting to watch her eat her last <laughs> eggs. We don't know how many she has or how many she can produce. Uh, but then it's like, is this I just felt really uncomfortable. Yeah. Did you yeah. guys feel the same way? Am I am I overreaching? I don't know what this was. I, I no no, I no, I don't think so. I, I think where I'm personally went through where this is why perspectives and, and conversations are important. And I remember a, a tweet thread uh, you had sent out oh, that's right. that was, uh, was very great. thoughtful. And um, you do do the Qui-Gon, take a breath and and do that. And I value that. But where, like, I watched it and laughed and I thought it was funny and this and that. And the next day you start to see what's going on. And it's easy to get exhausted by some Star Wars discourse, right? Mm-hmm. It's easy to brush it all away. And I think being able to pause and just for a second consider your perspective as a mother, right. your perspective as a, just a different kind of fan, mm-hmm. um, you know, is, is important. And I, I it forced me by the time, you know, Joseph and I come to talk on air, we always make sure, hey, well, there's a hot button issue. How do we want to approach it? And we always kind of know generally what we're going to say or at least how the respect we're going to try to put into the conversation and not, you know, put our fists down on any tables and be like, hey, it was funny. Let it go. <laughs> but it was important for me to have that reaction. Like, OK, I of course, I'd only see it in that way as a fun little bit. And of course, Grogu's going to eat that egg and, da, 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 and to not and to realize there's there's another side of the page to, to, to consider. And I think that's um, always why you've been valuable to force center continue to be valuable in that sense. And, uh, and just to see, okay. Yeah. I, I, I there's no part of me that's going to hold on to any kind of, uh, you know, let it go. It's just a joke. How can I do that when you're having those thoughts and reactions, which are real and genuine and come from a different perspective? I think that's where I came down on it now. I'm, I haven't watched it since it was released. I haven't watched season two at all since the season was released. Um, that's not a comment on my views on season two. Just having a time. I, I'm curious to, to watch it and see what I feel now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I loved Frog Lady. Like, right. and I, and I yeah, love right. yeah. that whole episode. I love the amount of just one problem after another and the desperation of the situation for everybody. Yeah. And I think my knee jerk reaction was uh, I totally agree. Yeah. It, it was set up to have this real height of these eggs are super important and that's what makes it both extra awful and extra funny at the same time. Mm. But that is an entirely, entirely mm. a taste thing. Right. And I, for that particular issue, I think I was able to have the like, I'm appreciating the comedy of it. And, and I, I like to analyze comedy. So for me, it's like it, those things aren't fighting. That's that's uh, on purpose. Mm-hmm. But I also 100 percent understand and respect that for other people like uh, you're invested in this this character and her mm-hmm. need. Mm-hmm. And it feels like her need is being mocked. I totally understand that perspective. And I think I would have a lot more problems with it if that second episode didn't resolve it right. in seeing that an, enough eggs survived that she accomplished her goal. And then that Grogu was taught by her mm-hmm. to start to understand the difference between the way he's seeing things is just mm. everything is about everything in the galaxy is about fulfilling his need. You know, I, I think that's part of it too, is that it's not an isolated thing. Mm-hmm. I think because I was able to dig into it thematically too, of like, this has been a part of Grogu. Right. Anything yeah. that he wants to put in his mouth, initially he's just like, I, I'm i too young to have a moral compass. If yeah. I want to eat it, 
I got to get it in my mouth right. from frogs to balls. It's going in my mouth. Anything I see that I want in my mouth, it's going there. Right. And so I think part of the empathy that I felt in that episode was toward Din mm. being so, yeah, yeah. so unequipped to deal with that. Like he gets the like, I won't let anybody touch you. I'll kill anybody who tries to touch you, Grogu. I'll never be separate from you. I don't know how to teach you anything, mm-hmm. Grogu. Uh, yeah. Who does? Oh, the frog lady in the next episode is the one who's able to teach him. Right. That's not food. That's a being who deserves respect. So, you know, there's some taste things for me, but also I think it, it's those two episodes together, I feel like they they finish the conversation in a way that makes me more more mm-hmm. comfortable with it personally. See, this yeah. is this is why I love coming here because I needed to talk to you guys about it <laughs> because that, now I now I get it now my toddler went and marked up I had worked hours on this lampshade for my eldest making a cat face on it and in two seconds my toddler had a, a marker and she wrote all over the lampshade oh and my sister my sister my my daughter my sister was over yesterday my daughter eldest was like oh my gosh no mom look what she did and I was really upset, but how could I be mad at her? She doesn't understand. She's right. just turned two, yeah. right? I was right. like, no, you can't do that. But it was not, there was nothing malicious about it. I wouldn't laugh about it right now. <laughs> Maybe, you know, five years from now, I'll yeah. laugh about it. At a high school it. graduation speech, it's going to come into, yeah, yeah. It's right, hilarious exactly. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the truth and the pain of it, right? That's where the, the comedy comes from. Yeah, mm, yeah. But also, I, you know, I really echo what Ken says. It's so important to hear other opinions like i i want to be clear like that i'm sharing my opinion i don't expect yep. anybody to need to agree i totally understand people coming from the perspective on something like that of like this is really personal for me is that has echoes of important life journeys of trying to have mm. kids and I, I you know i totally get that and totally mm. respect that yeah millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah, it, look, it's, I, I, think, I don't think any of those creators on that team did it maliciously either, but oh. it, it, it invites that conversation of the the threading of the needles that need to happen yeah. these days when it's important to have, uh, yeah. to have that. And I understand that. I'll Even some things that don't react for me in the Game of Thrones world somewhere, like, I, yeah, I didn't take it that way, but I have to realize, yeah, I didn't take it that way. Yeah, it doesn't mean it isn't that isn't way. That it way. is for some yeah. people, yeah, yeah, and it's all subjective. Yeah. Uh, but but with the uh, other issues, were, were, you, were you excited for Ahsoka? Were you excited for Luke? Did you go on a roller coaster emotional journey with, with them? You know, Ahsoka, I go like, oh, yeah. really hard for me. Okay. I really struggle because of Ashley Eckstein, who to me is Ahsoka Tano, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's really hard for me to separate. It's really hard for me to separate because I really like have liked Rosario Dawson's uh, as an actor mm. and I uh, was, it was hard for me to accept her as a Sokotano. Yeah. I just saw Rosario Dawson. I don't know what it was. And I, and I think maybe this, the, her new series might change my mind. <sighs> I just had a difficult time with Ahsoka. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, it's a 1000% fair reaction. I mean, uh, yeah, no, it is. It, it, it's especially, um, yeah, Ashley is such a Ford face Ford brand ambassador for Ahsoka, the character, and it was hard to separate it, even if we understand the realities of the business or the frustrating realities of the business, <laughs> and uh, you know all those kind of things. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, I think at the end of the day, but I, that's one of the ones I specifically want to review too to to see where I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. You enjoyed it, but I want to see real time. But what about if there was like, if it was an, a lesser known actress? Right, I kind of mm. feel like maybe mm. that would have helped me put aside my alliance for you know Ashley. It just I I think I would have been able to like just see it as a to- Ahsoka Tano, and not just as like as Rosario Dawson with you know face makeup and you know <laughs> and I just I was really over analyzing her performance, and I don't want to ever have to do that with actors. But there's usually a reason why, right? Yeah. Sometimes if they're too well known of an actor, that's all I'm thinking about. That's so and so. Just being them, 
themselves in some way. Yeah, I mean, for many reasons. I, I know we get excited as fans about the fan casting and then excited right. when it when it pans out. And there's a real reality of the business in every way of names, 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 because just right. everything is more difficult and, and everybody wants everything to be safe. And the safest thing you can do is get a name, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you could have a key grip that was well known somehow by yeah. <laughs> by yeah. audiences, people would be like, we only hire famous key grips now, <laughs> like uh, because it's just about safety. But also that means that you're kind of missing out on some of the classic Star Wars experiences of lesser known actors, mm. right? That are a great opportunity for the actors and then a great opportunity for us, the audience of like, we don't have to separate anything out. It's just like that. That's this character. Right. Mm. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo. I was not a. F- I, no, I wouldn't say I wasn't a fan of his casting, but I just was like, oh, okay. The Anthony and Gruber remember him? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, well, he looks like him. He can kind of do the impersonation. Sounds like him. Yeah. Sounds like him, right? So, and I, I didn't want the movie anyways, as you guys know. And then when I saw him, because he's such a good actor, I had not really seen him before, and he made me believe he was Han Solo. Yeah, he yeah. got the details down of Harrison Ford as Han Solo so well. I mean, you can take frames, and I'm just like, that's Han Solo. He's that good of an actor. And that, to me, was, I think, one of the more successful castings for such a huge and well-known and loved character. Right, because uh, for you, you didn't have any specific, like, you know, he had, he hadn't been in the public eye for you like Rosario right. Dawson right. for decades. Yeah, mm. and I used to I used to love Rosario Dawson. Always looking forward to to seeing her on screen. And this time I was like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so for the for the triumvirate, Luke. <laughs> oh, again, I don't know what it was. Maybe I'd, if I look at it now, I would be like, oh yay! But I did not have a fist pumping moment like I wanted mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. have because again, I'm like. Oh, this is the de aging process, right? And it just it kind of it just took me out of it. I don't know if I, if it were to come out now, I think I would have been more ecstatic. Yeah, it might have just been uh, uh, dealing with all the realities of the time. Yeah, maybe, maybe because now I'm watching Manifest and I'm giddy with delight when I watch that show. And that show's writing is you know, a little questionable, right? So of course I should be excited that yeah. Luke Skywalker is there to to come and save the day. But yeah, I don't know. Well, I think this might also just be like a part of your process mm. because you often talk about getting past whatever the the surface thing is when it's something weird. Like I remember right. you you uh, called in when Rise of Skywalker came out and one of the first things you said was trying to get to the core of, of what you enjoyed about Leia and get past the, the, the truth of the way it was filmed, right? Right. And I think that, that just seems for you to be something where like you need to get past some of that, like, but here's the casting, but here's the process before you can connect with the emotional. Exactly. And and if they're able to do that with me immediately, then I'm. I, that's when it's like my stamp of approval. Yes, they they nailed it. <laughs> but I think it's just like people in the business, being an actor, as you guys being writers, like you just are going to naturally view things in a specific way. Yeah, know? sure, so. absolutely, yeah. And you being doing these podcasts, being so aware of the behind the scenes, and right. and you know, I have to work so hard sometimes to turn off the. Uh, what's the discourse going to be mm-hmm. and yes. watch for myself instead of like, Oh boy, I already know which person's going to be mad about this. I know which person's <laughs> going to fight with that person. Right. <laughs> uh, the only thing I really don't know is how many tweets will be in the thread, but and like, <laughs> and then I'm like, self, you're not watching yeah. for yourself. Yeah. Stop it. Right. Well, you know, the nice thing is Jennifer star Wars doesn't go away like a fleet. 
Uh, it, it, it will remain and you can always revisit it. Look at those prequels. I, I, I think our journey, uh, our, you and I have maybe similar journey, journey on the, on the prequels where I know Joseph early on, it was like definitely problems, but I was kind of here for more of it early where you and I kind of, you know, all right. Those, we had to pull out the DVDs or the yes. VHS tapes of Phantom Menace and go back and find what we love and what can connect. And, and I think that's uh, another lesson of Star Wars. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'd be really curious uh, about the future, what you're excited for. The Disney Plus slate is so huge. Um, Kenobi, Andor, Acolyte, Visions, Ahsoka, a droid story, and all the stuff they haven't announced yet that is working away. What are you excited for? I'm excited for all of it. I just want the content. I, I'm going through these shows. <laughs> yeah. I need more shows to, to watch um, now that I have some time at night. I am looking forward to the most Star Wars Visions because that mm. one, my daughter Lucia, is the most excited. That was when wow. she's, I was just watching it for, you know, just to know. And she's like, what is that? I said, Star Wars. What is that character? And it was the uh, the bunny character. It's oh, a, oh yeah. yeah, the bunny girl. I oh, think geez. I wrote it down because I couldn't remember. It was I think it's Lop and Ocho. I'm saying Spanish Ocho. That's not going to be right. <laughs> <laughs> Lop and Ocho short. Yeah. I don't know what that. Is. Uh, but anyways, yeah, she freaked out and she's been asking me when can I watch wow. that. When is that coming out? I'm like, well, it's coming out soon, September, Disney Plus. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that I'm really excited because she's really into anime. And so this yeah. is right up our alley yeah. that we're going to be able to experience together. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, now, so we excited. also, you know, if she's a Pokemon fan, that, yeah. that particularly looks like a Pokemon. Oh, yes. Charmander. What are they? What are they? What do you chase? Charmanders? Oh, yeah, the Char- 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 I don't know. Right, I've been right. in a car trying to catch a dragon once before. Oh, you know, I know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she's she's really excited about that. And I'm really excited to be able to share that with her. I, I wish that they were not just shorts. I wish that they were a little. I mean, I'm mm. not sure how long they're going to be, but I want them right. to be 20 minutes. Yeah. But I don't know. If I mean, but when you say I need content, uh, that's what everybody at Disney Plus, all the executives <laughs> are saying, too. They need content. So if this lands, I mean, it's already signs of them supporting it with putting out the yeah book mm-hmm. uh there's a high republic uh, manga which is you know not yeah. not necessarily connected to star wars visions but still yeah. uh, playing with it's a different fine. perspective of, of storytelling I, I think if visions hits there's a good chance that there'll be more oh i hope so i'm so excited for that yeah i mean i'm, yeah. I'm just really into everything well obviously we're nobody's really going to the movie theaters right now anyways <laughs> uh but i need it to be streamable where i you know i need all the episodes i mean i like the idea of watching week per week right having that communal experience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's something about, okay, let's just watch one more episode with my yeah. husband and I. It's like midnight. Just one more. One more. One more one manifest. More. Come on. Yeah, this I can understand that. Are. If it's late night, you've got everything else taken care of. And yeah. like, let's just binge. Oh, binge it's just it a all. thrill. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what I love about what you're saying, because you, you said earlier your daughter's you know, slightly grown out of Star Wars, mm-hmm. mom, mom, mom. Now look at this intersection that you guys are going to be at. Oh, I can't She's wait. like, a Pokemon Star Wars? And you're like, Star Wars. And now you're in. Back in. You're back in. You're yeah. back in. And I'm explaining to her, well, this is actually the roots of Star Wars. You see, George Lucas was inspired. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunny, <laughs> bunny rabbit. Exactly, exactly. Well, but. when you can catch Star Wars bunnies in balls, like Pokemon, that <laughs> will go. be oh, mm-hmm. that'll be the glory day. Uh, it, so that's the big one. Yeah, that's the big one. Any any other thoughts on on the upcoming slate? I, you know, I haven't really been keeping up as much with like behind the scenes stuff because uh, that's always what gets me excited when you see yeah. like a, a paparazzi shot of maybe uh, Ewan McGregor like uh, you know partially dressed <laughs> at the craft yeah. service table. I'm like, yes, that gets me excited. When I see Ewan McGregor eating some ham, yeah. ah. oh man, that's by the gummy worms. Yeah, that gets me that gets me excited. Uh, obviously, Andor because I, mm. I just love Diego Luna. There's just so much. 
much yeah. on the horizon. And it's kind of like, I'm just, I'm just waiting. Yeah. Waiting. Cause I know it's, it's going to come. I'm going to be so excited, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I haven't been keeping up as much with the news. What is going on? But I, I, oh, everything and nothing. And really? I love that. I love that you're going to be able to enjoy a lot of these <sighs> in, in, with a fresh perspective. And you know, Joseph and I wouldn't trade, you know, uh, looking at the news every week uh, for anything. I, we love it. I know we love it. Yeah. But like, you know, there's something that you're going to get to experience when Acolyte comes out. You're going to be like, I have no I have no idea. Oh. It's just Star Wars and I love it. Wait, Acolyte is from the... from the Leslie uh, Hadland. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, what was it? Ru- with um, What's her name? Oh my gosh, Natasha Leone. Russian yeah. Doll, yeah. Russian Doll was so good. Oh, that's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, now we're talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it, it, it's fun to get the little bits and pieces and, and little interviews and that, but it's also fun to just go in with mm. no expectations, no baggage, just what's Andor up? <laughs> How are things going for him? A yeah. couple of years before Rogue One. Right. Hope he's getting Probably to not great. Enjoy himself a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> any other uh, any other big picture uh, thoughts or anything that you've been dying to to share about your Star Wars journey? <laughs> yeah. No, I just am thrilled to be able to talk about it and not have someone tell me to stop. <laughs> oh, this is great. I understand. Well, then let's move on to our, our final section here. Uh, just some fun Star Wars questions. We like having a sense of fun and whimsy mm-hmm. here on Force Center. So, uh, Ken, I want to start with you. Yeah. Uh, what kind of Jedi robes do we think Luke is having Grogu wear? Or, or does Grogu get to choose his own? Look, I, I think uh, I think Luke understands the value of choice, but also Luke, uh, you know, you know, you say a lot. He values training. He values a little bit of that. And he's at a point in time where he's kind of reestablishing the order in his eyes. Maybe you know, details notwithstanding here. But so I think he, he he's got him in in a in a classic brown robe. I think he's trying to start there. Okay, mm. start, start basic. Maybe you'll get to choose maroon. Maybe black. You know, Luke's probably like I'm. I got a black robe. I'm not Sith. You know, it's good. But I think he wants to start the basics. There. Wants yeah. to start the basics. I would love it if if Luke had to explain his aesthetic to Grogu. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Look, I, I, I just, I, my dad and I have similar tastes. Um, my fashion is, in fact, a refutation of the dark side. <laughs> like that, that you can wear black and not be evil. I just blend in with shadows. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. What do you think, Jennifer? What do you think the uh, Grogu Jedi robe choice process is like? I think he made the mistake of trying to empower Grogu. Let me give you some <laughs> options of robes and pants you can choose. And guess what? Grogu picks things that are totally mismatched. Then Luke is stuck and he's like, okay, you can wear that. Like my two-year-old wearing mm. <laughs> nightgowns and plaids and stripes. Uh, but I'm like, well, she feels like she has control and she feels like she made that decision herself. Yeah, and that's what you got to let kids do sometimes. Do you feel like, uh, like uh, your daughter and or Grogu, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> make out extra outrageous choices to demonstrate the amount of power? Like, it, it, are those genuine choices, or is like because you've given me power? I'm going to demonstrate how much I have it by abusing it. <laughs> it's a little of both. They have very strong opinions. Can you imagine Grogu? I'm sure Grogu has very strong opinions about things. And, oh, and yeah. this, this is not an accurate voice. That one. That one. <laughs> just like my daughter. Oh, no, that's, that one, mama. That's Grogu. Luke? <laughs> yeah, that's Grogu. Season season three confirmed. That Where's one, Din? Yeah, no. Sure you don't want the neutral color? No. That one. Oh, my gosh. The bright orange that makes me an easy target. Luke's like, that's exactly. really not a that's good not idea, one. Grogu. We haven't worked that's, on that's blocking for, blaster bolts. Yeah. You can't wear bright on orange. That's 
Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm really taken by the idea that somehow uh, Luke would present all those robe choices and somehow Grogu would have got his hands on like a bunch of Mandalorian armor. Oh my And he'd be putting on the armor and they'd yeah. be like, that's great. That's a part of your heritage. That's not mm-hmm. what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. We are wearing common robes like farmers that we're, we're not wearing armor because you're, you're learning to defend yourself. I know it worked for your other dad to just stand there and let himself be shot because he had armor, but that's not the Jedi way to just stand in front of hail of blaster fire and let it bounce off you. We're not going to do that. We're going to do that. And then, like, in my mind, there's this comedy scene where, like, Grogu kind of accepts it, and then the next time he shows up, he's in the robes, but then as soon as he moves, you hear the clunk, clunk, clunk. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he's got the armor on underneath. And a look. Grogu's just eating macaroons. (laughs) Like, nothing's wrong. No, what are you talking about? So yeah, take good. that armor off. Yeah. <laughs> stealing from Luke's uh, Jedi uh, MREs there, just stealing <laughs> breadsticks like he's Yoda. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Oh, mm. see, we we miss your perspective. Yeah, it's such a great <laughs> perspective of an of a mother of a parent. Oh, like, so oh, that, that what that kid's gonna go wild. I'm so <laughs> glad I'm not the parent of Grogu. That would be, oh my gosh, those powers. How do you deal with that? <laughs> yeah, once he fully knows, I can just reach out and take oh, anything I oh, want. God. Oh it. yeah, forget it. Uh, so this is a fun question that is uh, central to what we're doing right now. I want to know, uh, Jennifer, I want to start with you. Uh, which Star Wars character is the best and which is the worst podcast guest and why? I think Obi-Wan's the worst. Obi-Wan! <laughs> Shocking! Oh, 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 I've missed being challenged like this. Do you know why, though? Because I think he likes to hear himself talk oh. because he has a great voice. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like okay. intrigued by, oh, this sounds wonderful on this microphone, right? And then he might correct me, and he might think that he can do a better job as host as me. So that I don't like that. I don't want him on the podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, I, yeah, I, I I think you're right that he he likes to throw things back at people. Oh, he likes yeah. to keep people off their game yeah. by yeah. saying, yeah. "Well, you know, if if you were trying to interview Obi Wan, he would be like, interesting. What do you mm. think? Like, oh, yeah, I'm no. interviewing you, Obi Wan. Ah, mm. uh, yeah. It might make for a very interesting interview, though. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Best guest? Are we, are we still in worst? Let's, no, no, go ahead. No, go no. Best guest? I don't know. I think about good duo would be like Anakin and Ahsoka. They'd be a great podcasting team. Oh, right? Yeah. Oh, the so Anakin fun. and Ahsoka show? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if they were doing something totally unimportant, like trying snacks or yeah, cereals yeah, and just yeah, like just debating, like, is the Lucky Charms better yeah, than yeah. Cocoa Puffs? Yeah, how, how far they can force throw things. <laughs> Like a YouTube channel or some kind of thing, like a TikTok video. Yeah, just yes. force throwing melons across town. Yeah. Oh, God. I yeah, love that. absolutely great. So, Anakin and Ahsoka together? Yeah, they'd be the best hosts, yeah. I think. But a uh, best guest, like maybe a, uh, like a Dexter Jetster, right? Because oh, he has so many yeah. stories he could tell. He's na- naturally yeah. kind of funny. Uh, yeah, he just would be, he'd be interesting. Oh, yeah. He seems like one of those mm. people who's, like, met every famous person in the right. galaxy and has dirt on them. Yeah, all the cheese me, as we mm. would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll throw mine out so so you yeah. can take the last one on this uh, question, Ken. I, I I always go to Leia. I go to Leia yeah. for many things, but Leia by far, yes. because whatever podcast it is, if it's, like, a real proper like uh, National Public Radio, give me a sound bite. Yes. Mm. Leia yes. can put on diplomat hat and nail that. Yeah. If mm. it is, like, an utter comedy, just, like, 
you know, <laughs> we need someone in the galaxy to play, uh, you know, F. Mary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Le- Leia can do that, right? No problem. And and be snarky and fun about it. Uh, I feel bad saying worst, but uh, yeah. Gonk Droid, I think, you know, because <laughs> a Gonk Droid or Gonky. Gonky would be even worse because Gonky has personality and you want to know Gonky's yeah. journey and Gonky can't express it in podcast form. So true. So painful. So true. Painful. Yeah. Ken, how about you? Um, I uh, I think worst, I have two two thoughts and, and, and similar to what you were saying about Obi-Wan. I, I, I think I could work with Obi-Wan, but I, I think C-3PO. Oh, because if especially if if it was an interview, I think you know I think we all three realize the power of a good interview is for the host to just be like, yes and yes and and your journey and it's you're the story. But if it was like a, a show where it was some punditry involved, like I was once on a show years ago, I won't say the person's name, but I clocked them at near nine minutes without letting other people talk, and I went up to them and say, hey, you can't you can't really do that, and they continued to out of oh gosh, I'll never do that again, and continue to do it. I think three PO would be that. Yes, twenty minute chunks of time, and we're all we we love a little monologue every now and then. But I think you'd be like, dude, you gotta let us talk. A monologue is great, but you know what else? I think three PO would do it, which every once in a while has happened to me on podcasts where I ask people an emotional question about, <laughs> I want to know how this affected you, and whatever the this is, they'll just start to give me the facts about it. Yes, and like that's yeah. what three PO would do. Like, how did you feel when you first met Luke? It's like, well, it was this star date. Like, nobody cares. We can Google that. How do you yeah. feel, droid? So I think depending on the so the other one, I gotta say, I think uh I think Return of the Jedi, new early New Republic era Luke Skywalker would be a bad interview. Ooh. I think bad interview. I think because he's gonna kind of be like, Well, I already answered the question. Maybe you don't know what the question really is. And uh, I love Luke. I love that Battlefront two scene, but I'm looking at that era where you're just like, Well, what is that? Well, but what does that mean? What what do you mean? The answer is clear. You just have to close your mind and uh, I'm like, oh, Luke, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he would well, answer in little bites of wisdom. Yeah. He couldn't get yeah. nothing yeah. else out of him. Yeah. Um, though, uh, so you, Leia's a great, especially General Leia. Mm. Like oh, there's, that, yeah. there's that, maybe that last Jedi era Leia where she's a, could be a little snarky, uh, slapping Poe, that'd be good, that energy. But I got to tell you, I don't, I don't normally... That's a good sound for a yeah. podcast. I don't normally uh, do these kind of shows, but uh, my guy, Admiratus, if you were to sit down and just have one of those long form, sometimes they get stuck on those shows on YouTube where you're watching, and they're just dishing on people. I think Radis would be like, well, let me tell you about Noah Jabell. Oh. You know who's great is Anton Merrick, but I'll tell you what, who isn't great. And you just kind of, you would just pull the cord and let him go. Yeah. And you get clicks after clicks of just dirt. <laughs> the gold is if he has a problem with Akbar, right? <laughs> Akbar, oh, yeah. I'm fine. See, I'm from the Arctic regions. And what you have to understand about Arctic regions, yeah. So I'm going with him. Oh, that's, oh, that's amazing. Here, here's my final fun question. It is a classic Um Ken, if you were a Star Wars action figure, what kind of accessories would you come with? I mean, I definitely want the 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 the, the uh, Crix Mating pointer stick. Oh yeah, kind of a pointer stick. But I would want um a I'd want one of those uh, like overly uh, aggressively sized rifles that come with the, some of the figures that don't really even in the movies or something. Like one of those add-ons from like, for, for, why does Poe have a jetpack? Oh, like the non-cannon cannons? <laughs> yeah, cannons. Yeah. yeah, I'd want something just like, why? how is that? Like, I don't know. I have it. I have it. If you could have, if it was a figure of you and you could have accessories that, that are not Star Wars, but, but like you were dressed, oh. you were like a, 
uh, you know, a scoundrel or a yeah. bounty hunter, whatever you wanted to be, would you have any real world accessories that I, you would want to bring into the world of Star Wars? I, I, we talked about this G.I. Joe figure on air before, and I remember I got some nice uh, reactionary uh, people agreeing on tweets. Uh, the character Mainframe, that computer expert who comes with the portable with the floppy disk drive, the computer that's oh, <laughs> like yes. an old school MacBook, uh, but it's an 85. I, I would love to have that. I've been watching again a lot of Bond, and I'm actually restarting it again because Grace has never seen the Dana Craig Bonds. And oh. I was that, the uh, the bank, Matt Mendel, the bank guy in Casino Royale, who comes in to put your codes. It's like, what is that, a portable bank in a briefcase? Yeah, like, yeah. I want that. So that's mainframe. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> that is, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, know, I think if I was an action figure, I'd definitely want to be a Jedi, and I would want to come with the, the lightsaber for sure. sure. Uh, but then I'd want to come with like a little uh, frozen pizza that uh, yes. looks whole, but you could cut it with the toy lightsaber. <laughs> you yes. Your lightsaber to cut the pizza. And then no. I just, uh, I need the, the cocktail droid. Uh, oh. Yeah. Lando's cocktail droid in a little space oh, glass yeah, for yeah. little space martinis for sure. Fun. Absolutely. How do they make that? <laughs> I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Uh, Jennifer, if you were a Star Wars action figure, what what Star Wars accessories or real life accessories would you want to come with? I'd be almost like a doll, right? So I'd be, mm. I'd have the articulated limbs, posable, right. like posable Barbie. Uh, I would have a fashion pack that would come with it. So I would want to have a, like a Canto bite dress of something with a Ooh. huge collar something dramatic and then of course my except my main accessory would be like some random creature i don't know <laughs> like my creature that would be my pet yeah preferably one that flies like different wings. different uh, like it, different versions not even versions but like you would be packaged with different creatures so you like if you want all the weird creatures that jennifer yeah. comes with you'd have to buy like six different copies of jennifer Landa. the walgreens exclusive yeah. comes with a chihuahua mix or, or you something. Just change the face like on le- these le- minecraft yeah. legos that my, do- my daughter oh, has yeah, yeah, you just yeah. show- happy face oh baby face oh sad face <laughs> baby face i want that there's a yeah it's a minecraft Babies. Nice, yeah. nice. Okay, uh, well, I, I have one last fun question that's just for you, Jennifer, because oh. I actually need your take on it. I forgot about it. Oh. So, in Rise of Skywalker, right, uh-huh. uh, Palpatine steals the life essence of uh, Ray and Ben mm-hmm. to restore his body, mm-hmm. but then he also uses their life essence to make himself new robes. <laughs> Do you consider that a form of crafting? <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I love about crafting is being able to repurpose, recycle, and reuse things. <laughs> so, yes, it turns out that Palpatine is crafty. Once more, the Sith will craft the galaxy. <laughs> I think he would be very proud of that. And we shall have an Etsy store. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so true. Oh, that's so uh, great. That's funny. Oh, uh, Ken, do you want to take us home? I'd love to take us home. This was so much fun. It's Force Center 1000. We couldn't think of a better way to celebrate 1,000 total broadcasts, but sitting down with Jennifer and just catching on up. So we can be found on a lot of different spots on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. And we are available on a lot of different spots. Uh, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, and Spotify. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. Now, at the time of this recording, we're finalizing the details, so maybe these are already out, or maybe we'll announce it on the next main show. We have a very special commemorative 
Force Center 1000 episodes poster designed by the great Brian Ward. I mentioned it up top. It's got Joseph's glorious beard in it. <laughs> uh, it's going to be available to uh, certain supporters on Patreon. And then we're also going to try to find a way to make it available to uh, other supporters as well. So stay tuned for that. But you can get information uh, through uh, those spots where you can find us. And again, on Patreon at patreon.com slash Center. You can follow me at Catnapsuck or go to my website, catnapsuck.com. Joseph. Yeah, you can follow me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out all of my other comedy adventures on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. This has been such a delight to do our 1,000th episode. Wow. Yes. And, and then, I, I'm so happy I get to say this in person. Jen, where can they find and follow you? Oh, my gosh. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Jennifer Landa. Also on TikTok, at Jennifer Landa, 1138. Um, and I'm also now writing for StarWars.com a little bit more, so go check out their blog uh, for my latest piece. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Awesome. Absolutely love it. This has been an absolute fun adventure. Man, a thousand episodes. We could not have uh, done this. Could not get this far without all of you listeners. So, man, we want to thank all of you. Here's to a thousand more. We'll see you next time here on Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.